Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Vince Moiso, and he is with VIS Aspire. Welcome, Vince. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about VIS Aspire. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so I'm focused on on really small business. Uh, I'll I'll tell you this: if it's just a funny statistic, uh, less than four percent of all the small businesses in the U.S. even make it to a million dollars, and 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 most entrepreneurs don't know how to even get there, and they certainly don't know how to get past that point. So uh, I help them scale, and I do it through a people first approach, uh, and I've been doing that about eight years at this point since I exited from my previous business. Uh, and just enjoy getting people to that vision of success. Now, can you talk a little bit about your journey from entrepreneur doing the work and, um, you know, being the CEO of your company and growing that successfully to then transitioning over to being a coach for other people to help them kind of experience similar results that you you experienced? Yeah, you know, Lee, I have no idea if this is typical or not, but of course, it's one of those entrepreneurial stories where it happened organically. Uh, so I was I was in a flooring business, uh, distribution business for uh, roughly over a decade. I had two partners in that business, and um, I, I really was looking to grow the business in a different direction. So we just hit that point where uh, somebody had to exit, and, and I did so gracefully. And, and when I exited, I was immediately looking for the next thing, right? You know, typical entrepreneur. And, and there was a business a client of mine, longtime client of mine that uh, I, he needed help. And I was thinking about jumping into the business and taking some of that money and reinvesting. And it just didn't pencil. So I looked at all the finances and put together a plan. And uh, it, it didn't look like that business was going to cash flow with me in it. And uh, so I gave him the bad news. Uh, and then he looked at me and he said, you know, I, I could use the help. Like, I just, I would love to do all this stuff that you presented to me in this plan. Would you consider consulting and coaching me? Uh, I kind of scratched my head and said, hmm, uh, that's a business. And yeah, I would love to do that. Uh, so I did it. And he was my first client. And I took on two more right after him pretty quickly. And I realized, wow, I had this transfer of trust. And that there were a lot of people that looked up to me and needed that help. Uh, and, and I really love coaching. Like I'm just, I, I, uh, I have it in me. It's, it's, it, it comes very easy and natural to me. And so I or, organically started, that's when business fire uh, started. Uh, I, I formed my S corp uh, within weeks of, of that first engagement. And then the rest is history. So now when you're working with a client in that, um, in that manner, is it coaching where you're just kind of that uh, objective third party asking questions, helping maybe nudge, but not actually rolling up your sleeves? Or is it kind of bleed into some consulting where 
okay, you do this, I'll do this, uh, you focus on that, I'm going to get a team working on this, and then you're kind of doing some of the work too. Or is, there, is it cons- uh, specific to that, or is it kind of very engagement to engagement? Yeah, it does vary, but it is the answer to that is both, right? I am definitely rolling up my sleeves and getting my hands dirty. And, and I, at least I have found with my clientele, uh, you got to do it because there's a lot of blind spots, right? And all of a sudden, you know, think of it, you know, and most of my clients have been running their businesses for decades, right? And so they've got all kinds of blind spots, right? It's their baby. They started it and uh, they just, they can't see the forest through the trees, so to speak, right? And, and I inherently, as I dig in to find those pain points and ask those questions, I'm absolutely coaching because I want them to find the way on their own, of course, because uh, I don't want to do it for them. Otherwise, I'm not really coaching, right? Uh, they've got to figure that out. And it's something that they've got to continue to execute on long after I'm gone. Uh, that being said, I still have to roll up my sleeve and get my hands dirty because some of it requires that. You've got to really dig in deep. Now, when you're working with folks, um, your background was in flooring, tile, things like that. Does it transfer to like, say, I have an ad agency or in my case, I own Business Radio X. I have a media company. Like, is that something that's transferable or is it kind of play better in the kind of the industry that you started in? Yeah, great question. I, I love that question. And and uh, I I did. I have to preface that with just some context. Uh, I did a short stint. I was lucky enough to, to, to be captured to do a reality television show called The Moment. And as a result of that show, I got to spend six months. I took a six-month hiatus at the time to the University of Notre Dame. So, I mean, couldn't be two polar opposites, right? I'm running a flooring business. And uh, then I, I spent six months and I'm working with the football program and I'm working with the marketing department and athletics and uh, meeting a lot of, you know, high, high end people out of the University of Notre Dame. And they all were looking at me as this treasured business entrepreneur guy that could come in and help them because they don't they don't think that way. And I was I honestly, Lee, I was tripping out. I, I'm literally scratching my head going, I cannot believe these guys at the University of Notre Dame are looking to me for advice and coaching. And it was my it was the first time my eyes got open to that whole concept. And I understood that the skills transfer doesn't matter what it is, a widget's a widget. And you've heard that term before. It really doesn't matter because the when you strip it all out and you just start to talk about running a business and how to treat people right, and how to retain key employees, and how to do the things that are going to grow scale and, and, and bring your business ultimately to success, doesn't matter what the business is. So now let's, let's have you roll up your sleeves a little and talk about what do those first conversations look like when you're talking with a new business owner that you know, gets on your radar, you think it's a good fit, you have kind of that initial discovery type conversation where you're kind of explaining what you do, they're explaining where they'd like to be. How do you kind of help them see the forest for the trees? Yeah, I, I shut up and listen, by the way. So I, I definitely do not start the conversation by telling them all the stuff, my whole background and my CV. Um, I figure if they've done their homework at all, or I've been referred, I've either already got that transfer of trust or, or they've gone online and seen my resume. 
So I really shut up and listened. And I asked this one question, please tell me about you. Tell me about your business. And most importantly, tell me about the pain points in your business. So like, what is holding you back? And I just listen and I take notes and I'll ask questions in between as things come up, because it might be they're just struggling with some of their some of the people that are working for them. It might be they just don't understand how to read their financial documents. They're not inputting. They're not bookkeeping appropriately. It might just be I've hit a wall. I don't know how to develop a sales forecast or plan or they've never done a strategic plan session. They haven't created mission or vision or values. You know, it's, I could go on and on, Lee, you've heard it before. Uh, reality is, is the best thing for me as a coach that I could possibly do from day one and continuing throughout any relationship that I have is listen. All Just right. Listen. So you listen and they have a laundry list of challenges or things that are keeping up at night. How do you help them prioritize to say, you know what? Let's start here because we have to start somewhere. You can't, you know, kind of get them all at once. You got to begin with one of them. How do you decide which is the one that is going to be the lever to, you know, unlock maybe the potential of this firm? Yeah, I'm always identifying. So as I'm listening, I'm identifying where, and I do that through (laughs) where I'm watching body language, listening to tone, where we spend the most time on. And I've already identified in that conversation the top three priorities. Then I repeat what I heard, right? And I say, here's the top three things, pain points, whatever you want to call them that I heard. And now tell me really, which is the one that you want to spend the most time on? What's the one that's going to move the needle for you? Uh, and, And depending on what that is, that's really where we're going to focus our time. Uh, so it's just, you know, again, it's just a line of, of questioning, but if I'm listening, if I'm doing my job and I'm really listening, uh, then I'm listening for all those cues. I'm watching for all those cues and I'm focused. I've already written down the top three now. So, so the way that my process works is I'm only going to focus on those top three and sometimes only the top one as, as a starting point. And I'm looking for a long-term relationship. And while I'll do certain things like strategic plan sessions and other coaching that might only be in 90 day increments. Uh, Cause I like to, uh, I follow a very, very specific plan. I follow the 12 week year. It's great, great way to do it. And I feel like we can, we're, we're, we're better off. We're more inclined to take things in small doses. So I work that way, but I'm looking myself for a long-term relationship. So I know we're going to hit that starting point, priority number one, whatever that is. And that might be the first thing we focus on in the first 90 days. And that's all we're going to focus on. But I know I'm going to, you know, uh, break that off in, in tranches and move on to the next thing and have a long, long running relationship. As long as I'm a fit. I mean, I know I know pretty quickly if I am a fit because I know what my skill set is. And I and I don't ever want to take somebody's money unless I know I'm going to add the value that I'm promising. Now, um, you mentioned that you kind of target three things. If you were to look back at all the people you've had this conversation with, are those three things similar across the board? Or are there 10 that you see a lot? And then it could be anyone, it could be three of any of these five. Or are you kind of going, do entrepreneurs kind of have the same problems? Pretty much. They, they all, they all pretty much have the same, same problem. First two questions I always get, right. You know, cause as it starts off kind of a little top level, right. 
everybody wants to know how they pay less, how they can pay less taxes. And then the second question I get is how do I exit out of my business? And, and they don't, they don't necessarily want to get out of their business at that point. They just know, they don't know what they don't know. And, and they want to hear, is there an, even an exit for me? And once I get past that, because that's not really the pain point, right? Okay, great. If you, you know, if you really and truly want to build out an exit, great. Let's figure out what's going on in your business right now. And, and we can determine what that is. I find that um, uh, financials are typically number one, uh, especially in the small business arena. And, and when I say small business, I'm talking in that, you know, I'd say my sweet spot is in that one to 10 million in revenue and, you know, say less than 10 employees on up to about 50 employees. Uh, that's, that's, those are the businesses that I really target and that I have big impact on. And they, they struggle really understanding how to read a PL, how to read a balance sheet, how to forecast appropriately, how to plan appropriately, um, and, and really how to reduce expenses to optimize profitability. That's absolutely number one. People are number two. Uh, they struggle to manage people. Uh, they, they struggle to manage themselves. Uh, and, and therefore, there's a conundrum, right, of, wow, I've got this revolving door of employees, and I don't understand why that's happening, right? And then the third is time. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone complains about not having enough time and or exhaust, exhaustively working way too many hours. And, and so I tend to focus on those three things, finance, financials, uh, people, and time. So now having done this, um, you put together a playbook to help entrepreneurs kind of um, self-manage, I guess, uh, a little bit if they don't have you around. Yeah, or at least to get them started. I mean, you know, ultimately the the the, the book that I wrote that'll get uh, released later this month is, uh, it, it gives you a taste of of wow. I want to recognize these things that I can do and potentially on my own. In the end, <laughs> so as you get to part three of the book, I'm very explicit and very direct. You can't do it alone, and anyone who thinks that they can. Uh, is crazy. I mean, just I, I I was a collegiate athlete. I played football in college, Lee, and I was I was talented enough to continue my career for about four seasons uh, out in Europe. And you know when I was most effective in my athletic career, I had a coach. <laughs> I had a coach, and and what was so funny to me is I spent a decade as an entrepreneur, more than a decade as an entrepreneur without a coach. And uh, when I finally got introduced to the concept, uh, I was like, wow, I just reflected on when I was the most productive in my life. And it was when I had a coach. And the moment I got a coach, it completely changed the trajectory of my business and the success within my business. And I continue to have a coach to this day. I've, I, I, I vacillate back and forth. I've, I've had two coaches at times. Uh, because I wholeheartedly believe in uh, the importance of having a coach and the success that that brings, because we all need that level of accountability. So my book, while it does give a lot of nuggets and a lot of self-directed opportunity, uh, in the end, you're going to hear me loud and clear uh, tell you that once you understand those concepts, 
get a coach. Uh, it, it, it will, it will get you to the next level that much faster. Yeah. There's a saying that says, if you think hiring a professional is expensive, try hiring an amateur. And, uh, if people are trying to be their own coach, they're hiring an amateur. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's, it, it's so funny. I mean, you think of, I mean, Lee, you've probably got a laundry list of success stories, uh, not just in business, but I think of even athletics and you think of the top, top, uh, athletes in the world and they have nothing but coaches around them. And so why is it in business that we think that we can just do all this stuff on our own? It, it, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. And, um, I, I always laugh. I laugh at myself for spending so long without one. So now, um, in your kind of growth as a coach and you're moving from, you know, you were a practitioner, now you're coaching other practitioners and obviously this coaching business is its own business. And then now you have the book. How are you seeing kind of coaching evolve through you and this team that you're building around kind of your methodology? Yeah, that that's a really good question. I the other thing I, I I started a podcast this this summer too, and my and my podcast is just a, a partner of mine. He's a PhD. He's also a coach, and we were sitting in our backyard having a beer, and you know it was five minutes of how's the family, and then we immediately got into business. You know, so I we, we laugh at each other all the time because it's like you get two entrepreneurs in a room. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to talk business, right? And, and so we got into this concept of, cause we're huge believers in transparency in the workplace, accountability, communication, being so critical, talking about email etiquette, just really simple things that, uh, I think people in any organization just, they, they want, right. They want clear direction. They want communication. They want transparency. They want visibility. They want all these things. And so we talk about all these, all these topics and I have a, I have a lot of fun, uh, doing it. And the reason I bring that up, Lee, and the question that you asked is, I see myself evolving as I get into these concepts. And I practice 100% of what I preach. Uh, otherwise, why would I, why, why coach it, right? And I think what really differentiates me is uh, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, run successful businesses, and I, and I practice 100% of the things that, that I coach. Uh, and I don't coach on things that I don't practice. And I think that's where it's evolving. Otherwise, you know what? I start to feel like the professor that I had that had zero, you know, back in college, in my undergraduate study, you know, that had zero practical application of what he was teaching. Right. And, and, and that's, that's hard. Right. And I find that, that my clients relate to me uh, because they know that I've done it and what I'm teaching is, uh, has been put into practice successfully. Right. It's not a theoretical, there's kind of, uh, evidence behind every, every thought. Now, um, when a person comes to you at how much kind of self-awareness do they have to have to even kind of get into your orbit? Like, um, is this something that some they're going to share with a friend say, Hey, you know what? I'm really struggling. And they're like, Oh dude, you got to call Vince. I mean, he have really helped me. Um, like, cause to me, a lot of entrepreneurs have that kind of lone wolf mentality where they're like, look, this is my thing. I built this, I can do this. And then I'll, I'll just try harder. I'll just, you know, like it's, they don't 
they have personal accountability in that they don't want to ask for help and where maybe part of their accountability should be to another person, not just themselves. <laughs> I'm laughing the whole time you're saying all that. It just, it's a great, it's a great example. And yes, there has to be some self-awareness and I can tell within five minutes if that self-awareness is there or not. Um, so early on, <laughs> I made, uh, I made a lot of mistakes. I took on just about every quiet client. So there was, there was quite a bit of that. It's like, dude, you got to talk to Vince, right? <laughs> and and I would just take them on and not really do the listening that I told you about, Lee. So that part of my process has has radically evolved and, and gotten so much better. Uh, and now I just listen where uh, I think I, I threw up too much in those first meetings and then I would just take the client on. I have to know that they're going to execute on what we talk about. Otherwise, I just don't have the time. I, I just don't. I mean, I mean, I'm the Lee. I took on one of my clients. I became the interim president of the business, so I'm turning a 28 year old business around right now. So last four years, I've been the interim president. Um, took them through two acquisitions, and now I'm really working uh, working on on uh, creating an exit for that business and and the two other partners that are in it. Uh, and and that takes time, right? So so I also have to be a purveyor of my own time and respect others' time. And in doing so, uh, I, I'm very selective with the, with the clients that I take on. And so in that first meeting, Lee, I really have to know that there's self-awareness, that they're ready to do the work. Because if they're not ready to do the work and they're not ready to execute, I just, I just can't do it. I, I don't have the patience for it. And um, I know that they're not getting the true value out of the money that they're giving me. And I'd rather be with somebody because I'll tell you, you know, again, I, I, I'm going to use, I always use uh, athletics, you know, football specifically. There's no prouder moment than watching your team execute on everything you just worked on all week in a game, right? And same goes in business. There's no prouder moment for me than to watch this company blossom and get the success exactly the way that we set it up for that. So, uh, if if I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna get there with somebody, uh, and and they're not and they're not ready to embrace that, uh, I I move on now. And I made that mistake early early on where I didn't created a lot of agony and a lot of anxiety. Um, and then you get into this mode of well I'm just gonna make it work right. Well no it's 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 a two way street. It's just like having a relationship right. Uh, it takes two to tango. And so if that other person uh, isn't ready and willing. Uh, then it's not going to work. Now, can you share a story, um, maybe a, a success story in the sense, and it doesn't have to be, oh, they made the most money ever, but maybe they were struggling with something and um, maybe you helped, maybe it was a blind spot and you helped them kind of overcome and they got to a new level. And for you, it was kind of rewarding. It It was something that said, you know what, this is resonating with me in terms of my values, my philosophy, and this allowed me to really kind of let that blossom. Yeah, the, my my favorite my favorite client story, uh, and they're still my client. Uh, you know, now going on uh, six years, I think, roughly five or six years. But in the first year, they doubled revenue uh, with me, and the blind spot was they just they were they were in the mode. They had already been in business for eight years at the time that that I came came in, and 
they had no idea that they were just taking on every project. It was a design firm and they were taking on every project that they could and they just weren't charging enough because they were basically fear-based selling and fear-based pricing. So their whole business was around fear and it was great. I'm just going to grab and capture whatever I can. I'm going to be a hundred percent customer focused and great. It's good to be customer focused in the healthy way. They were customer focused in the unhealthy way. So the customer was driving uh, everything that happened instead of them being in control of their own destiny as, as a business. And so you can imagine they were running on a hamster wheel and they just could not figure out how they could not get to the next level, uh, you know, raise, raise revenue to where they wanted it to be. So I just got the, the light bulb turned on by letting them see that they weren't charging the right price. They were allowing customers to rule the roost. Uh, they were not in control of what they were doing as a business and with each other. There was three partners in that business and with each other. They had an established very specific role and responsibility with each other. Um, so as, as simple as those concepts may sound to many people, it was a total blind spot for them. And it was funny for me, it was great because I shifted just those three simple things, just the organizational structure, getting clarity around role and responsibility among the partners and employees, and then changing their pricing structure, uh, and then shifting how they communicate externally. And they doubled revenue in the first year I was with them. And I was just like, we were high-fiving at the end of it. Uh, it was awesome. And I just loved seeing their success and their eyes open to what's possible. And now as they sit, anything's possible, right? And and the business that they're doing and the clients that they have and what they've created is is great. They're ironically, they're they're looking for an exit at this point um, among the three partners. So I'm helping them through that. But uh uh that's that's definitely my, my top of my list as as one of the funnest engagements. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or get a hold of any of the resources that we talked about, is there a website? Yeah, just check out if they just go to vincemoiso.com. Uh, that's the easiest. And you'll they'll jump on to uh, you know, that's the the parent company, Business Buyer Incorporated. Uh, so just vincemoiso.com, super easy. And then uh, you can check out my other site, which is more dedicated toward uh, the launch of my book and everything surrounding that specific process. And that is surthrive.us, S-U-R-T-H-R-I-V-E, surthrive.us. So either one of those websites will get you all the information you want. And that's V-I-N-C-E-M-O-I-S-O.com. You got it right. Good stuff, Vince. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Lee, thanks for having me on. I, I, I really, really appreciate it. That was fun. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.